Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, you're back with us. Believe in Rams, episode 161. I'm Jake Ellenboga. Joining me, as always, is my buddy over here, your former Ram linebacker, Cameron Lynch. Also, I need to let you guys know, if you don't follow off the edge, shame on you. You should go follow it. Just kidding. (laughs) But uh, he's he's now Camstradamus. Okay. Yeah, 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 it's it's yeah, been coined so. after the draft. Everybody during the draft, I, I shout out to PFF Pro Football Focus. I was looking at the chart and I was like, "Hey, what about this guy? What about that guy?" And it happened during the draft. So, Camstradamus, <laughs> you know, bringing that here to believe in Rams, where it all started. Excited to talk about the Rams draft, Jake. I'm just waiting on the the magic crystal ball that I'm hoping you acquire a prop at some point down the road, <laughs> but no pressure. <laughs> Soon to come. Um, <clears throat> soon to come i like it so just want to let you know that betonline.ag is your number one source for all your basketball info stats news and scores get the latest odds yeah. and lines including the latest player reports for this year's pro basketball playoffs bet is always your sports information headquarters this season as we have you covered for all your sports wagering needs basketball mlb nhl right to ufc and boxing bet online is the fastest easiest way to get your betting mm-hmm. info including live betting options, your favorite casino and card games you could play right from your home. Head on over to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Be sure to use our promo code BELIEVE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Yeah, so we got a lot to talk about. Uh, before we do, be sure to like, subscribe, comment, rate, review. Tell all your friends that you know, every single person. You could tell your dog uh, to listen and watch believe in Rams Uh, you can also tell them to watch and listen to off the edge as well but uh, let's dive into it Cam because they didn't have a first round pick and I can confirm my sources told me and was eventually confirmed by Jordan Rodriguez herself that the Rams tried to move into the first round a few times Mm -hmm. they liked five offensive players now what was not reported is what I was told. They really liked Miles Murphy, uh, who we've already covered on Off the Edge going to the Bengals. But they really liked Dalton Kincaid. They tried to trade up. They they tried to trade up multiple times. And, uh, you know, they tried to get Dalton Kincaid at 23. Vikings said no. So they called it a day. They're yeah. like, you know what? All right. We're not going to trade in the first round. Cam, I like this. Mm-hmm. Because Kincaid, at first glance, Kincaid in this offense is like, okay. All right, you put him with Tyler Higby. You know, you have Bryson as your number three. You got Hunter Long as your number four. You're cooking with grease, my friend, in that mm-hmm. tight end room. However, the opportunity cost, you know, what were you going to have to give up? And I was told the Rams are going to have to give up three picks, my guy, to move all the way up in the first round. You're you're shaking your head. It's not worth it. I can already see it. No. You can see it on your face. Yeah, we, I mean, we got Davis Allen. I mean, come on. I have some yeah. of my notes. Some of my notes here. Throw the damn ball up. To, he'll he'll catch it. So hey, I like Davis Allen where where the Rams got him. No, I'm I'm with you there, Cam. You know, I I'm I'm glad they didn't do that. They did go after. They did get their number one guy on their board after they reset their board because you know the common misconception we hear it all the time. Oh well, he was number one on our board, and they're talking about a day three guy. And they never correct anything. They never realize like how that would sound to the out. So if he's number one on your board and you picked him on day three, why the hell did you pick him earlier? You know, like, so like, but here's, here's the thing though. The misconception is that boards reset. So they reset the board after day one, after day two and so forth. So, uh, looking at Steve Avila was the guy they targeted. Um, they were really concerned that he was going to get selected. He did not. 
and Avila is now a Ram. High, really, really high floor, I think. Uh, decently high ceiling. Can play guard, can play center. He's actually a natural center. He moved to guard. And I absolutely love this pick, Cam. I gave it, I believe I gave it an A+. Um, I just absolutely love this. I didn't think they were going to go in this direction. I think I kind of alluded to that on some of our shows. Like, I'm not hearing the Rams are really, you know, interested. They like the guys that they have in-house. They'll probably tackle, you know, the offensive tackle, you know, guard, center spots later on the draft. I wasn't expecting 36th overall, but I'm here for it because in case you didn't know, 36th overall, Debo Samuel, Brees Hall, Javon Holland, uh, you know, Xavier McKinney. Guys are ballers that, uh, you know, the last few drafts that I've got. Miles Jack got picked there. There's a lot of good names that got picked at 30, uh, 36. And Cam, I think you're going to get some of that, you know, magic sprinkle powder or whatever over this 36 pick. I think it's in Steve Avila, man. I, I like Steve Avila, Jake. I, I'm looking here is that he didn't allow a single sack, Jake. In the final season at TCU, I mean, these folks they went Not to the champ. They went to the championship. Now, <clears throat> it's it's simple at this point. What I just read out, I mean, my guy is six three, Jake three hundred thirty three pounds. Not allowing a sack. Went to the championship in college, so I know Matthew Stafford. He's sitting looking pretty. He's like, man, I got this guy coming in. I got this 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 dog coming in, right? And Stetson Bennett is got drafted a little bit later, but both of these UGA guys should be super happy. With Steve Avila, you know, even Steve Avila lost to, to UGA in uh, in the championship. There, you know, they got a guy um, who who has quick feet, strong arms, right? Twenty eight rep, reps on bench, um, great mirror ability, like you just mentioned. He can play center, he can play guard. Jay, what can he not do, right? You know, and you think about even field goal, right? You can field goal kicks, stick him in there. I mean, he's three hundred thirty three pounds. <laughs> he's gonna clog up some holes. I don't think people are gonna really get through him, right? He didn't allow any pressure, so. Um, you know, first team all Big 12, a second team all American. Hey, I, I love the pick. You talked about that's an A plus pick, Jake. I, I agree. Um, you know, we talk about believing Rams, we talk about protecting the quarterback, quarterback safety. I mean, you got you got a bodyguard in Steve Avila come come from TCU. He's a captain of, of his team as well, Jake. Hey, I love it. Shout out to the Rams. Great job in getting him on, on that pick. My man, they got the bouncer. They got the bouncer for the club, the proverbial club. You know, we always talk about, you know, it's just like yeah. kicking these guys out of the out of the club. And, you know, I think when you, you look at Avila's game, wide base, right? He's he's going to let you know it. Nasty dude. I think he, he could be described as a mauler. But I think oftentimes the negative connotation that comes to being a mauler is that you can't pass protect, right? It's, it's one or the other. And that is not what you get with Steve Avila. Obviously, right. you just pointed that out. And you can't say level of competition and then, well, it's just college. No, 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 no. You homie, don't play that yeah. because <laughs> you went up against Georgia and like, you know, he, that's the thing is that he's gone up against, he's been battle tested. He's gone up against pass rushers, uh, you know, that are really good in this draft. And, it, you know, I think at the end of the day, Avila is somebody that he fits right in there, whether he's left guard or center for the Rams. Um, and we'll, they'll have to make a decision. They're going to have to have that internal discussion. If they realize like, look, you know, we go out, we get Dalton Reisner, right? Like, you know, we're, we're the Rams organization. We go out and get a veteran in Dalton Reisner who's still available or an Isaiah win. And what that does is you go out and get win. Maybe he plays tackle. You move uh, Alec Jackson or Nopum, whoever to left guard. Maybe Brian Allen, that durability concerns enough to push him out. 
And now all of a sudden Avila is my center. So I think that they can go multiple ways. I don't think they're done, Cam. I think they're, you know, they did just add it and we'll probably highlight it a little bit. It's not a huge deal, but they did just add a uh, Brett Rippin. It happened. That news broke right before we went on, uh, you know, and recorded this. But I, I just think it's important to realize like they now have some versatility and I'm not saying I'd love him there, but he could play three positions. Cam, he's a, you know, in a pinch, if you need him, he can play right tackle. Yeah, there you go. I mean, at this point, right, have him play everything. I think that's really important um, to be able to be the utility player, especially for the Rams football team, Jake. And, you know, when it comes to camp, right, have him play guard, have him, have him play guard a little bit, and then learn that center position just in case. Also have him learn that tackle position. So, uh, you know, I, I love it there. And I've been watching the, the Whitney Houston piece on Netflix, Jake. I, know, Jake. I don't know if you've seen it, but, you know, of course, she started that movie, The Bodyguard. Steve Avila, he is the bodyguard, right? Uh, yeah, Whitney Houston can be, uh, you know, Matthew Stafford. And Steve Avila can be the bodyguard for Matthew Stafford in that piece. So I love it. The Rams got their bodyguard in Steve Avila, big man, um, All-American. Let's go. Hey, let's go. I, I love it. And the thing I love about this pick is everyone has weaknesses, Cam. It's why they're prospects. It's why, you know, even your first round picks, right? This guy's weaknesses are like when you start get picky from like a scouting perspective of technique, like really picky. Like we're talking, maybe he's not as explosive enough, but he has it. He's just not using a certain technique the right way. And so I think really that's the only thing that was picked apart is technical skills. And it's getting really picky. Like his weaknesses are very small. And I think that's the thing you're going to see uh, just looking at who the Rams got in this draft. There was a, uh, a source told me that they looked at this draft as calculated. That was really how they saw this draft. Like they were really calculated in the decision-making and whatnot. Um, and I just think when you, you look at Steve Avila here, this pick is high floor, ready to play day one. And I've said it before. I'll say it again. I sent it to you kind of a joke, but a real thing. Stop talking about tanking you don't go out and get a high floor guard ready to play at pick 36 over a guy like bergeron right who could have been your developmental offensive tackle guard guy you don't get a guy like this if you're tanking no no you want matthew stafford to be healthy hey you got the bodyguard for your quarterback and just what the rams went through last year i mean we were on the on the edge, Jake. We were hanging on by a thread last year. So just to see what they've done in this draft, that we talk up, Jake, we talk about it on the off the edge show, right? How teams draft in the first round, the first couple rounds shows where their priorities are for the rest of the year, who they're backing up. And clearly they're doubling down on Matthew Stafford. Like I said, they, they jumped down and got Stetson Bennett as well. So they want to make sure the issues from last year, we don't see them this year. And so I love it with Steve, Jake, um, Hey, the ramp, the ramp. He didn't. He didn't allow any pressures. That means Matthew Stafford is going to go home clean. Uh, that's the goal for quarterbacks: to go home with that clean jersey and make sure that they're that their linemen are taking some of the brunt of that work. So, Steve, I, I love the movie. Talk about calculated draft there, Jake. We 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 talked about it. I mean, the Rams had no choice but to crush it in this draft. Just how things were going on in the offseason. So, uh, you know, finishing off with with that Allen trade there and not getting much from it. So. It's cool to see that they've got actual real value in the draft. And my favorite part about it, Jake, is a lot of these guys are captains. And it's exactly what we talked about here on this podcast is that as we need captains to step in and serve as leaders on this team. 
I absolutely agree. And I think Avila is a guy that could end up being that captain day one. Um, he's very well respected. And I mean, I'm just, I'm glad because the Rams wanted him that badly. They got in touch. The, the new offensive line coordinator or the offensive line coach, um, whose name is totally escaping your, uh, Wendell, I think it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, to- I don't know why I'm forgetting his name from Buffalo, but you, you know, he was like, you know, Jordan Rodriguez had a piece where basically, you know, he was playing, um, you know, throwing the bags outside, you know, just throwing him around, like trying to like take his mind off it. Right. Like, just like, all right, he's going to fall. He's going to fall. He's going to fall. Then when he fell, he's able to make the call. Right. So I uh, love the pick there. That was a huge moment for the Rams. Another huge moment for the Rams is that they had the pick at 69 and I just, I'm going to shed some light on this. So they have the pick at 69 and it, it was, it's a little interesting because what ends up happening is that the, the Rams end up making a trade. And so uh, they had the pick at 69, they trade down and essentially them trading down. They had a mission coming into this draft. They wanted to get a fourth round pick. Okay. They wanted to get a pick in that fourth round and you got to give a shot to Les Snead because he got the fourth round pick without having to package a bunch of fifth rounders like I anticipated. And I think like you anticipate, I mean, normally you got to give a little to get a little right. Yeah. And so, you know, I thought I was expecting they packaged two uh, fifth rounders. They didn't have to, they trade down here. They did unfortunately, because they traded down and they had the 77th pick from the Jalen Ramsey trade. They missed out. I can confirm a source told me on Marte Mapu. And that was a guy that we talked about uh, on off the edge. I think we talked about on uh, believe in Rams as well. This is a, you know, a Sacramento state really underrated safety linebacker type of guy, similar vein as like a Jeremy chin and they really wanted him. So he ends up uh, coming off the board, pick 76 to the Patriots. They're not happy about it. So they decide to go out and get the guy that they were looking at the next pick that they had. And that's Byron young out of Tennessee. And we talked about him a ton. And I mean, Cam, I love this pick. I know that there are some, you know, really, there's a lot of pickiness about him out there. Um, There's people that say he can't stop the run. Like he gets engulfed and all that, whatever. 18.8, you know, run stop rate. We talked about that. The highest of any of the edge, according to PFF. I think when you look at Byron Young, you see the juice off the edge. You see what he's been through, the adversity. And you're sticking with the, the scope. And what I mean by that is with, you know, you look at the Rams, they went in, they had a theme and the theme was get football players at the top of this draft that can help you win tomorrow. And I think that's, that's what you get in Byron Young, a guy that can play right away and guys that have been through adversity, guys that have been leaders. Captain Cam is a big winner in this draft because everything you've said about captains, let's be honest here, the Rams, they, they valued it. I think they're listening to Cam. Yeah, no, it's a, a captain type draft. Um, Byron Young, you mentioned this, his background, I mean, my, Jake, my man ran a four four three, right? And so that's just speed coming off the edge. And like I said, he's, he reminds me of that old school player a bit. So I know Aaron Donald's going to really like that. Um, and he's going to be able to Aaron Donald's going to be able to teach Byron Young some skills. You know, uh, just when it comes to the Rams' defensive line and who they've given up, and just the defense in general, right? Um, you know, Raheem Morris, he's going to need something to work with. And Byron Young, being a captain, being a older player as well, he's going to be able to step into that Rams team and be ready to play. I know Leonard Floyd is not there anymore, so they're going to need that anchor on the other side to get things moving. So 
I love Byron Young there. And the Rams, really, we talk about just these the draft grade, right? I have I have an A for them overall. They're addressing the, the, the line of scrimmage, Jake. We talk about this. The offensive line with Steve, and then now they have the defensive line with Byron Young. And I like that because that's what the Rams needed. Now they can work their way out from that line of scrimmage and figure out how to build the team up. But that's a great start, a strong start. We talked about having a strategic um, draft and – this is exactly what the Rams needed, Jake. You know, if they if they pulled something with the with the Lions pull, for example, the Lions had a lot of reaches, right? We looked at their draft; they had a lot of reaches. If the Rams were, were pulling that, was pulling that stuff, Jake, this would be a, this would be a different. I believe in Rams podcast, but they started off extreme. <laughs> they started off extremely Just start cussing and everything. Like, oh, are you kidding me, Snead? Like, <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, you shouted out Snead earlier, and I'm like, oh snap, David, uh, Jake shouting out Les Snead. No, but oh let, yeah. Less need they ha- and they had the draft room, Jake. I know they had the draft house. I know you were like, man, did they have another draft house? I'm gonna be upset. But this draft house d- served them justice. It worked. Uh, it worked. It worked, man. The worked. the draft lab worked. I mean, let, like let let's look at it. Steve Avila. You're you're not tanking if you're getting Steve Avila. You're not tanking if you're getting a 25 year old pass rusher. No. Hate to break it to you, yeah. that's not a tanking move, no. right? So this is high floor guys. And Byron Young still needs to develop a pass rush plan. Like there are times where, you know, he gets into, you know, that one-on-one combat and he's like, you know, and he just tries to win with speed or or whatever. I want to see more of a plan. And I think that the Rams coaching staff is going to do a good job of, and honestly, Aaron Donald, because I, you know, he's, he hangs out with the edge guys. So there you you go. Don't, don't, don't sleep on Donald. If, if, if he teaches him, which I believe he will, if he teaches him that jump shop, and he can pull off that jump chop with that four four, like you know, we're talking not even the speed, the one point five four ten yard, like you know, yeah. th- this guy's explosive. If he can pull off that jump chop, and then he's got the speed rush, and he has the the bull rush, you know, now all of a sudden we're cooking with some grease here. My yeah, guy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in Byron Young had a thirty eight inch vert, Jake eleven inch broad jump. That's that. Those are defensive back numbers, right? And so you mentioned if. Aaron Donald's able to get to this 25-year-old who we think who we think is too old. That's perfect for the NFL to take on that pressure that the Rams are going to probably put in him in. Like, hey, we need you to step up. Leonard Floyd's not here. We need you to step up. And him being 25, it allows him to, to step into that role nicely. And Jake, you mentioned just we, we talked about his his numbers here. 443 and a 40, 38-inch vert, 11 inch broad. The opposing quarterback's going to be in some trouble, some real trouble. And if he's able to bend a little bit, Jake Byer Young, you know, I think some of the, the pieces for him was he a little bit stiff in the hips. If he's able to get some of that wiggle, some of that that Gumby wiggle that, uh, you know, uh, that that we know of when it comes to the path. Yeah, the Rams pass rushers. There you go. He's going to be a lot more dangerous. So Byron Young, I like him there. Um, he's going to we talk about him not being great in the run. He's going to learn how to do his thing in a run game. Right. Um, you know. He's going to be one of the great, better additions to this Rams team. And, Jake, what I want to see is are these draft picks lasting, right, for a good amount of time. We don't want to – we talk about not tanking. I think these guys are here to stay. Um, some of the other Rams draft picks, a lot of times you see them leaving leaving the team and exiting after a year or two. I think these guys are staple players, and they're going to be the makeup of this team and a successful Rams team as well. So, Byron Young, great pick for the Rams. 
And you can see this is how you start to form your identity as a draft class. When you go out and you get guys that like, yeah, this guy, you know, dollar general to the NFL. I don't want to, you know, rehash that. We've talked about that so many times. People are probably tired of you're probably tired of hearing it. But I mean, the guy's been through adversity. You know, yeah. Steve Avila, you know, he's a center. He's always been a center. He's asked to play guard, you know, because the guy transfers in or, or whatever it was. He was asked to play guard. He did it and he did it with flying colors. So then we move on to the pick that I felt. This is my least favorite pick, all right? And the reason being is because, you know, I've been pounding the stump for Aditamiwa Adibare. And if you told me before that the draft started, he was going to fall to 89, the Rams were going to pass on him. And you then you told me right after that, but you're still going to think the Rams had an A-plus draft. I would be like, no, you're out of your damn mind. There's no way. But the Rams did have an A-plus draft, in my opinion. And the Kobe Turner pick, I'm telling you, I said it. I called my shot on the live stream. I said, I have other guys that I wanted here, but I won't be surprised when he proves me wrong and he's the John Johnson of this draft because I think John Johnson went 89th as well, if I'm not mistaken, in 2017. And <clears throat> I can tell you I wasn't a big fan of the pick because I like Desmond King. Mm. So I went on record. It was like Desmond King in the fifth round. Like he was there. Like I would have gone with Desmond King, but John Johnson ended up being a baller and probably should have gotten a second deal. I know he wanted to come back. So Kobe Turner. We know he could sing, although maybe you didn't know that, but he can on, on his TikTok. Apparently he can really sing. He can really belt those uh, tunes. Yeah. He's a little undersized air quotes needed. I, I love the whole <laughs> yeah. undersized thing. We're still doing with interior defense linemen, like miss me with that. Uh, Greg Gaines was undersized. How, how'd that work out? Aaron Donald. I mean, the list goes on, uh, you know, so, you know, I think this is somebody that when I watch the tape, he's always trying to rip the ball out. He's always trying to get the ball back uh, in this case, into Stafford's hands. And so um, <clears throat> also, I will say this. This has nothing to do with his play style. My man wore zero. He was confident in those trenches, my guy. He's wearing, he's rocking number zero. Like, are you kidding me? Like, I, I, like I loved that about him. There's just, there's something about that. I know like, you know, numbers and everything, but there are people that take numbers very seriously. And I don't know, it just kind of shows you kind of who he is. He's kind of an alpha dog mentality and uh, very intelligent football player. You know, this is somebody that, you know, my guy over with the Rams who I actually had the, the pleasure of, uh, you know, speaking with at the senior bowl uh, a few years back and Michael Pierce, who's the, the Southern regional scout. Um, I believe I, I forget the exact whereabouts he is, but this was his guy reported by Jordan Rodrigue. And if, if this is his guy, like I think he's going to be in, you know, the real deal. Yeah. I mean, Jake, Kobe was a walk on <laughs> like, this yeah. is, let's just start there. I mean, my man was a walk on. So to see that, um, six, two, two eighty eight, Jake, I don't, I don't see how that's undersized. That's sound like a large man to me. Um, so if he tired was, of the undersized label. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're like, like, if they're not six, three, then they're undersized. So, at this point, if, if a defensive lineman, Jake, is 5'10", then, you know, 5'11", then I'd be like, all right, my guy might be undersized here. Let's figure something out. But if they're six feet and above, let's just say, hey, they're the, now the prototypical size of, of a defensive lineman, thanks to Aaron Donald, <laughs> especially when they come to the Rams. So let's just wipe that away. But 6'2", 288, Jake, walk on at Richmond and then moves to Wake Forest, becomes a – FC or sorry, average was FCS all American there. Um, and then third team all ACC when he goes to the Wake Forest, the, the man's a beast. You talk about the, his ability to get the ball out. Um, the term for this, Jake, when we talk about defensive linemen, 
when there's a there's a pass play, a screen play to the receiver, and the defensive linemen are coming out and going to tackle the receiver, we call that running out of the stack, right? You run out of the stack, and a lot of times defensive linemen can force fumbles running out of the stack. You turn on Kobe's tape, you see him forcing fumbles by running out of the stack. And Jake, Raheem Morris has to be elated with this pick here. I'm sure he's probably pounding the table for this young man, but you got a guy that can run like Aaron Donald. You got a guy that can run like Kobe, that can run like Kobe Turner. They're going to get the, ball, the football back. And we talked about this, Jake. When you hire guys on defense, defense wins championships. But the way they win championships is they get the quarterback the ball back. And Kobe is a guy who can force those fumbles and get, get his quarterback the football back. A lot of TFLs, Jake. A lot of ta- uh, tackles for loss with him. Um, Ten tackles for loss. So he's going to live in that backfield. Um, and, and the great thing about a guy who is 6'2", 288, Jake, is he has a lower center of gravity, right? His leverage is always going to be great anytime he gets off that football. Um, and, and that can be another thing with him as well. He does stand up a little bit high. That was, that was some of his his critiques there. But with Kobe Turner wearing that big zero, I don't know if he's going to wear that at the Rams. <laughs> he should. Do it. Why not, right? <laughs> Why not? I, I think the Rams – the NFL just changed the rule, I believe, too, where I think bigger guys can wear smaller numbers. So, hey, Kobe Turner, why not get that, that big zero there? Um, and that can be indicative of the Rams defense, right? Where you allow zero points <laughs> every game. <laughs> Keep that in mind. You see Kobe, zero points yeah. a lot every game. But I do like Kobe <clears throat> Turner, that addition there, coming out of Wake Forest. Um, I'm showing love to any of the ACC guys, right? I'm a Syracuse guy. So Wake Forest, making sure to show love there because you see the SEC all throughout this draft. So shout out to Kobe Turner and the, and the Rams for picking them up. Yeah, and, and this guy, high motor, you know, I, I was I was reading some reports about, you know, teammates and coaches just raving about not only just his off the field work, his on the field work, but his off the field work, you know, um, just seems like a guy that fits the mold. Yeah. And we, we talk about it. You create your identity of your draft class early on. Well, we know what this identity is, Cam. This is hardworking guys. Kobe's going to be 24. Uh, he's already 24, I believe. It was draft weekend. He was going to turn 24. So. 24, 25, you know, Avila, I think is 23. So, you know, you're going out and getting guys that can play right away. And I think, you know, initially I looked at this as a rotational guy, but you know, after further review, really intelligent, you know, guy that can, you know, force fumbles and, and, you know, it's really, they call him the conductor because, you know, he's, he's disruptive, but he also has that music, you know, career (laughs) coming, you know, I I like it. I think it's cool. We're going to call him the conductor from now on, but uh, you know, I think, Kobe Turner is going to start day one. Yeah. And so that is part of the reason why I think this draft class is an A plus, because even though this is my least favorite pick based on who was available, they go out and they get a guy that's starting day one. They go out and get Byron Young starting day one. They go out and get Steve Avila starting day one. My man, you didn't have a first round pick. You turned a second, a third and a third into three starters. No yeah. one can take that away from you. Yeah. Great job. Great start. <laughs> there we go. And then this this next guy is very polarizing. It's a lover. Love him or you hate him. But yeah. you probably hate him if you're not a Georgia fan because he probably beat your team pretty bad. His name is Stetson Bennett. Twice. And <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's uh, he's really good at football. Um, you know, I don't feel like, you know, when you look at him and, and I actually I know people that delete tweets. OK, I'm not one of those people. I, uh, I stood, I stood by it. Um, you know, I, I tweeted out, uh, pretty early on in one of the games I was watching, he just didn't impress me. So I was like, 
okay, this is just a, a college quarterback. You know, it's fine. It's, you know, seventh round UDFA. Um, I, I don't see him really doing anything in the NFL. And then this is why I don't watch as much college during the season because I don't want to skew any views. So when I go under the hood, essentially, and start watching the tape, I'm like, oh, okay. Okay, this okay, this guy can ball. Yeah. And, you know, sure enough, he, he ends up weighing in, you know, at 192 pounds at the combine, 5'11". Um, I know people are going to talk about his off-the-field stuff. I'm not really concerned about that. I think it was just a, a lapse of judgment. I think really what it was, Cam, is the Senior Bowl was happening. And while the Senior Bowl is happening, you turn down the Senior Bowl. Some would look at that as like an agent told him, okay, you don't need the Senior Bowl. But you also don't need to be caught, you know, publicly intoxicated either. So, you know, I think that was kind of the double whammy. Yeah. <clears throat> it he's wasn't a, just he's the, an Athens guy, Jake. Athens, Athens, Georgia, they they party down there. So Yeah. When he gets yeah, to the Rams, so. we got to pump the brakes. You know, uh Jock McClendon, he's the <clears throat> uh player development guy that he's gonna have to keep an eye on Stetson and make sure he is an Uber, <laughs> you know, make sure he has <laughs> people around him to keep him safe in LA, but he'll be fine. <laughs> He will. And, and I, I wanted to start with that because, you know, Baker, um, because I, before anyone says that I'm hating on Stetson, I'm not. I'm just telling the full story and the overall scope is that, you know, Baker Mayfield went number one overall. Uh, he got arrested, uh, you know, drunk. He was running away from the cops. He got like he hit himself like he ran into something or whatever, like just a really bad look. But he's still went number one overall. Um, Bennett doesn't have elite traits. But he's a proven winner. He makes, you know, far hash to sideline throws. Um, this is somebody that has the mobility. I, I think when you look at him, he's not the prototypical, you know, six five quarterback. But can we start like just throwing that term away? Prototypical. What is the prototypical quarterback? I mean, the guy that just played in the Super Bowl for the Philadelphia Eagles was better. Better the quarterback than Patrick Mahomes in that game. No one could tell me otherwise. Should have won yeah. Super Bowl MVP, even though they lost. Jalen Hurts was six feet tall. So miss me with the prototypical quarterback. Yeah. You got Kyler Murray, who's running around at, what, 5'8", five, 5'9". Five, uh, <laughs> yeah. You got Russell Wilson, who's made a living. He's won a Super Bowl at 5'10". Yeah. I'm so over prototypical, okay? I mean, Anthony Richardson's going to ball. I'm not hating on Anthony Richardson. If you are, like, the prototypical size, okay. But we shouldn't knock guys just because they're five eleven. If the guy can ball, the guy can ball. Yeah, and Drew, that's what I see with Stetson Bennett. Yeah, Drew Brees, Taylor Heineke. I mean, you got so many guys that play in this league that are <clears throat> below six feet tall and Hall of Famers. Uh, going back to Drew Brees, so spot on. Yeah, and I just I thought it was important to throw it out there, and you know I think the thing about him is that in those big games, he just stepped up he did when his best was required that's when he brought his best mm -hmm. and you can say oh well he threw to this guy and this guy and at this guy like because brock bowers is probably going top five he is a great tight end um you know you have guys like that you know he threw to pickens last year not this past year but last year you know i, I understand that but the guy is putting the ball around the money the guy's still making the throws you know yeah so and I don't know. Jake, I, I think the, the hate's overblown with him. Yeah. I mean, get past the off the field piece, right? He's a college. He was a college student, made a big mistake, probably one of the biggest mistakes. Right. But Hey, let's work on that now. 
uh, do your thing, stay hydrated, right? Don't drink as much and you'll be fine. <laughs> we'll, we'll work on that. Uh, I'm confident in that. But one thing I don't want to overlook, Jake, is that my man Stetson won the Burlesworth Trophy, right, as the nation's top player who began his career as a walk-on. So, like I said, I don't want to overlook these things. I, I was an undrafted guy, Jake, so it was similar to being a walk-on. But at the pros, Kobe Turner, you got Stetson Bennett, both walk-ons, both guys who get drafted. Uh, you know, Kobe at 89 and then Stetson at 128. So that's that's something in itself. So I just want to give a little hand clap. If we had the little button, you know, that's the cheers there because, yeah. you know, that's – that's that's hard to do. Fast forward, Jake. Um, Heisman Trophy, um, you know, finalists. You can go from a walk on to becoming a Heisman Trophy finalist. So that that tells me what you just said. He knows how to win, right? No matter how tall you are, no matter how fast you are. My man ran a four six, which is not bad, right? We talk about the game changing. You need a running quarterback. That's actually excellent. Thirty five inch vert. But he knows how to win football, right? He sat behind Justin Fields and Jake Fromm. So he was able to learn from some excellent quarterbacks who are now playing at the next level. One thing I really like about him, Jake, um, is he has a nasty dead leg. Like you watch his tape and you'll see him in tight quarters and he'll like look one way, boom, snap it off and shake some defenders. So I, re- I really like to see that the fact that he's mobile. We, we you know, looking back at last year, the Rams need a quarterback who can run and throw, right? Matthew Stafford, he can run a little bit, but we know he can throw that dang on football. So with Stetson Bennett, we're going to get somebody who can who can really run, stretch the field a little bit, give someone that dead leg, but then also throw some touchdowns. Like I said, he's won two national championships, the offensive MVP for both of them. <clears throat> we got a baller, Jake. And so we talk about the Rams being intentional here. I think when it comes to their first four picks i think they've hit the nail on the head we talk about that a grade i think they've done better than most teams when it comes to this nfl draft based off of their top four picks we might be biased i might be wearing a ram shirt you know but they did a damn good job i mean i'll just say it right now i've never been afraid to call out a rams draft you know and i thought this was an a plus draft because bennett is exactly what they needed. They didn't have a quarterback on the roster until today uh, with the uh, Brett Rippon <laughs> piece, but <clears throat> they didn't have a quarterback on the roster a- outside of Stafford. Stafford has some injury concerns. I mean, let's just call it like it is. Let's just be real for a second. He does. And so I see that and you add Bennett and Bennett's probably one of the most NFL ready quarterbacks because he's older, right? Yeah, and but, two championships. <laughs> yeah, and two national titles. Uh, you know, I just think that you know, we talked about it. We glossed over, a, you know, a little bit on Off the Edge, uh, most re- recent uh, episode where we were talking about, you know, combining Derek Carr with Jay Kaner, guys that both played at Fresno State. Now you're combining Matthew Stafford with Stetson Bennett. It gets you over the big hump of how does the QB1 and QB2 get along? You know, because that doesn't always happen. That's the, the common misconception is that all these teammates get along. You've been in an NFL locker room. I'm sure you don't have to name any names, but I'm sure you could say not everybody gets along. No. I mean, think about like the Ryan Tannehill and your Will Levis. Like, will they get along? Because Ryan Tannehill's like, man, I'm going to be gone too. <laughs> so yeah. you just never know where that beat. There could be some subtle beef there. But with this one, both UGA guys, it's a win-win. You had me with the uh, I'm going to be gone soon. Reminded me of the that gif that went around. The, the Magic Johnson, I'm not going to be here. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, 
Oh, man, I love that. That's a classic. So uh, moving on to the fifth round, the Rams go out. They get Nick Hampton. Uh, this is somebody that has, you know, it's more juice off the edge. He wasn't asked to do a, a ton. Like he, you know, he's playing at App State. And I think it's App State, but like he's a man amongst boys against most of the competition he's going up against. So the nuance to his game, he does not have. That is something where you go out, you get him in the fifth round. He has that great athletic profile. He fits what the Rams look for. You know, you're going to have him be a situational rusher this year. And if he can work on developing as a run defender, he could end up starting opposite Byron Young. But Byron Young, to me, day one starter, not getting a day one starter in round five is totally acceptable. And especially because of what they did, you know, after that. But, you know, let's just, you know, isolate Nick Hampton here. What did you like about Nick Hampton, uh, you know, when you had a chance to, to go over him? Because I feel like that that juice off the edge is apparent and they like mirrored the juice. You know, it's like they, they mirrored the juice of like Byron Young on one side, Nick Hampton in the future. I could see those both guys, you know, both of them starting. Yeah, yeah. I think I like Nick. I like Hampton. One thing that really stuck out in his tape, it's exciting, right? You cut on his tape, Jake, and you like – not only is his team fired up after he makes a big play, but you can hear the crowd. You can just the excitement. I feel like he he makes big plays when teams need when his team needs it, and so you can't look past that. I like that about him. When it comes to his pass rush uh, toolkit, same thing with Young. I would like to see it increased a little bit, right? A lot of time with a lot of times with Hampton, he has a great outside move. He's able to beat people around the edge because he's he's just faster than them, right? He ran a four five eight. And so, you know, to be 6'2", 236, running a 458, you're going to beat a lot of people. So I would love to see some of his inside pass, pass rush skills, right? What, is, what does that look like? Can he get down and dirty on the inside if he has to move down a little bit, play a five technique or a four technique? What, is, what does that look like? He's a little bit lighter. What A guy like Byron Young, I can see him moving inside and, and causing some damage there. So Nick Hampton, more of an outside rusher, rusher there. I would like to see, Jake, can he, can he drop back in coverage, right? A guy that's 236, you're a stand-up guy. Can you drop back in coverage? So I just want to be able to see Nick Hampton turn that corner once he gets to the NFL, right? Sit sit down with, with Ernest, right, and, and figure out the coverage part of it because you're pretty much the same height and weight as him. And then also, too, with Aaron Donald, get your pass rush skills locked in. Get with Byron Young, Byron Young and get in the, in the lab and figure out those inside moves. So I, I like the pick there, Jake. Like I said, the Rams are are they're addressing their needs, <laughs> and it just fills my heart up to see that they're addressing their needs. So to see yes. a guy like this come onto the field, man, make plays. Like I said, um, it, it's a, it's a great pickup. And if he has to play special teams, Jake, like you say, he might not be a day one starter. One thing I do know, if you're not a day one starter, you're gonna have to play them special teams. So I like to pick there. Um, one of the comps I have for them is is the Sam Abucam. Um, just seeing him, seeing him play, seeing the way he gets around the edge a little bit. Um, I, I like that comp there for him, but great, great pickup by the Rams. Yeah. I think he's kind of similar in that mold. I think he, he's like, he's like a sub package rusher right now. I think that's what he is. Exactly. And he, he reminds me of a few guys. You Shannon Wosu out of USC when he first came out, like teams are like, I mean, the guy can cover, but like, where do I put this guy? Is he is he a linebacker, off ball linebacker? Is he an edge? You know, and I think the same thing was uh, said about Josh Uche when I think you know of the Patriots. I think people just realize, all right, look, like Uche coming out of Michigan, like he's got really good tape, and I mean he could play either or, you know. But I think 
to be fair to those guys, Nick Hampton is not the, I, I, w- I would not say he has the off ball skills that those guys have. I just think right now he's kind of in that sub package rusher role. Um, and that's okay. You know, to be there and, you know, as a fifth round pick, that means that you're getting a chance to be on this team in the past, those win now Rams teams, this guy's probably not seeing the field and that's okay. But now he's going to be able to get more of an opportunity. This is what we talk about where, you know, opportunity is going to knock this year for a lot of these guys. And this draft class was very important, maybe the most important draft class in recent memory. And I thought they they hit it home on, uh, you know, this pick as well. And then yeah. I think, you know, when we move on to the next pick, Warren McClendon, I, I don't have to tell you, man, I told you, you know, that that <laughs> physicality at the point of attack, yeah. you know, he's got the, I, I keep using the, the words a wonky. He's got wonky uh footwork he is somewhat developmental but i mean the guy was good enough to to not allow a sack in in his last two years at georgia so i i mean you know you, you gotta be pretty you can't have it both ways you can't be like the sec is as good as the the worst nfl team and then also like be like well well he's not quite nfl ready even though he didn't give up a sack against these sec pass rushers and he went to the the championship twice jake so it's yeah. it's it just it's it's crazy that you dropped that that nugget there because we got somebody else and Steve who didn't allow any pressures. Right. So you, you see the, the combination, the common denominator here is guys that aren't allowing pressure guys that can keep Matthew Stafford and Stetson Bennett safe and not, and add a little wrinkle to that. Warren McClendon played at Georgia too. So he's not only blocking uh, for premium quarterbacks in the NFL, he's blocking for, for dogs. <laughs> so yeah, it, it's, it, it increases that trust factor. We talk about it that trust factor when you got your guys with you it's just like man i'm, I'm gonna put a little bit more into it right if i was giving it a hundred i'm gonna give it about a 105 at this point because i got my uga bulldog behind me i'm gonna see some uga fans up in the up in the stands and if i'm not blocking for him they're gonna be looking at me crazy so that adds a little bit to it so that's a great move by the rams there they probably took a page out of the uh, out of the eagles notebook there because the eagles draft a lot of a lot of you know georgia guys and when you win two national championships back to back, it makes sense. So Jake, it, like I said, it's filling up my cup here to see that the Rams have really been intentional about this. They probably got a lot of bad mail, you know, in the off season. And I'm sure, you know, even coming from this podcast, you know, we talk about the Rams, what are we doing? You know, we're not getting value. We're seeing a lot of that value show up here in this draft and think about Warren McClendon I'll chat about him a little bit, Jake, my man wears a neck collar, my guy. <laughs> So you see a big old, big old offensive lineman wearing a neck collar. You're gonna be I mean, in that's trouble. That's what it looks like. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're, you're gonna be in trouble. I mean, he allowed sacks in the past two seasons wearing a neck collar. Sign him up. Sign him up with my team. And so we talked about the Rams are addressing the needs that they that they have. And so to see a big old guy um, come up, come to the team with these intangibles is amazing. High football IQ, right? Um, he does a great job with the double teams. Like I said, my man's wearing a neck collar, Jake. So that's that's scary in itself. Um, you know, some of the the minuses for him is he's working on his his hands and having an efficient punch. So, you know, he can work on that at the next level. And I'm sure Aaron Donald is going to force him to work on his punch. You know, during practice. But I love the pickup, Jake. The Ram, I mean, the Rams are cooking all of these picks, Jake. Uh, with, with Nick Hampton, it's it's a decent it's a decent pick for me. That was my pick. Where I'm like, ah, okay, but. All of these picks back to back to back would win them. 
Yeah, and when I, I was really happy when they got McClendon because I mean he was one of my guys. Remember, he was in our our guys episode, our last episode, and you know I just feel like it's it's important anytime you can go out and get a guy that's played in national title games, a guy that's gone out and been a captain, a guy that's gone out and he had live reps at left tackle. Um, he's a right tackle. But, you know, in a pinch, all right, I can kick this guy in at left tackle. And, you know, he's a three-year starter on Georgia. You know, 37 crew starts. And, Cam, you're going to like this one, all right? Only two holding penalties in 28 starts the past two seasons. So, cool. you know, I, this guy's disciplined. You know, th- this guy has the power. We saw it at the the Senior Bowl. That well, I, I brought it up on one of the episodes. He went up against Isaiah Land, who is a little bit more of like a tweener, you know, off-ball linebacker, so maybe he had the advantage. But just watching him just neutralize him at the point of attack, you know, that's the type of stuff that you, you want to see on tape. So, you know, I think really w- what it looks like is is with McClendon. I mean, he's somebody that is, is a quick processor. Uh, we, we talked about that. You know, he sees those those delayed blitzes. He's going to pick that up, you know, and those, you know, if he, he looks for extra work. He's not just a guy that's going to sit there and look pretty. He's going to go and try like he wants to move people. He wants to protect this quarterback. He wants to help in the run game. And so I see the ceiling as the future right tackle post Havenstein. But I think the floor is a very good depth piece that can kick in right away at guard if need be in any game, play live reps. And so uh, this is one of those guys, you know, you're looking at, you know, the guys that aren't ready necessarily to play right away, him, Nick Campton. I feel like these are the guys, especially Stetson Bennett, that when, you know, the preseason kicks up and we get to watch these guys play with live reps, I mean, it's going to be fun because I think McClendon is somebody that this might be the best offensive line that we see the Rams have had in the preseason this whole time under Sean McVay and Les Snead. So very excited to see where they play him. Do they keep him at guard? Do they move him to tackle? They, they have uh, you know, draft capital, you know, AJR Curry last year, right? They have Tremaine Ankrum who they really like. I see a kind of like, he's like a high end Tremaine Ankrum because uh, Ankrum played in those big games at Clemson. But uh, I really like this pick, man. And speaking of which, I love the next pick because he was another one of my guys, Davis Allen, man. Yeah. I just, uh, you know, Allen, I, I said this on the live stream. I'll say this again. I'd rather have Davis Allen in the fifth round than Luke Schoonmaker in the second. And you know that holds weight because I brought up Schoonmaker on our uh, sleepers section on Off the Edge. I like Schoonmaker. But Dallas picked him in the second round. That's a little too rich for my blood, my guy. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, you know, Davis Allen is somebody that is going to get right into this room. Uh, Nick Cayley was really the new tight end coach, was really hyped about getting him, really made sure, like, let him know, like, I need this guy. Sean was really, you know, complimentary of him. So this is an opportunity for him because you have Hunter Long in there. You know, you have Bryson Hopkins. You have Tyler Higby. So at first... You're looking at a fifth round pick. You're looking at a guy that might not make the roster because there's four tight ends, including himself. And then, you know, you have guys, you know, that are, they sign futures deals, right? But the way I see it, Cam, is that this guy is going to be potentially redshirted. And if he plays well enough, he won't be, but he's probably going to get redshirted. They like his long-term upside. And when Higby and Bryson Hopkins hit free agency, they're either picking one of those guys or none of them. And at that point, now you just got a shot, my friend. You just got promoted. Do you want to be our guy? And they're going to know if he's their guy. He's going to have to put in a lot of work, but 
I think Davis Allen is a future starting tight end in this league. Yeah, you mentioned just with him being in the fifth round, Jake. You love it. You want to make sure that Tyler Higby, you don't want to disrespect Tyler Higby because yeah. let's not forget Tyler Higby is that guy. Uh, the Rams also traded, got Hunter Long, that third round pick. So let's not dis- disrespect the people that are already in that room. But Davis Allen might be one of the better, you know, pass catching tight ends in that Rams, that Rams room. So Tyler Higby can't catch the football. Davis Allen, though, he reminds me, uh, you know, my comp has always been Cam Bray. He wears an 84 like Cam Bray. They move very similar. Their hands are great, Jake. He's going to, you mentioned he may not start right away. He's going to cause problems for that starting Rams defense, Jake. That's one thing about it. With this fifth pick, he's going to sharpen up the skills for that Rams defense. He's going to be better than most tight ends that they face throughout the year. Catching wise, you know, I got him running a, a four eight Jake. So he's not a not a burner, but a thirty-eight inch vert. So right, you see him a lot of times in those red zone um opportunities. You see him on those first down opportunities where, hey, if you gotta throw that ball up in the red zone, Davis Allen's gonna go jump and go get it. Jake, he was a six A uh defensive player of the year in Georgia. So he played defense <laughs> coming out of high school and now playing offense. So, you know, a guy like this. Special teams, special teams. That means he's going to go down there and tackle the football. He's going to be able to protect um, on the punt game. And so I, I love the pick here, Jake. Um, some of the notes I have are, are some, um, he's a major threat um, in the one-on-one situations. Right? when he, If he is one-on-one, throw him the football. Uh, I talked about it earlier, but some of the notes, another note I have for him is throw the damn ball up and he's going to catch it. Um, Davis Allen, he's looking to receive more than blocks. So hopefully those other tight ends on the Rams roster, they can do the blocking and he can do the receiving, right? You can put him in the slot. You can put him at, um, you know, flexed out as well. And he's going to be a threat out there. Just like Tyler Higby. Like I said, we don't want to disrespect Tyler Higby because we love Tyler Higby. His contract is up. He's a little bit injury prone. So you got a guy like Davis Allen that can step in and relieve Higby whenever, whenever he needs it. Yeah, see, he is somebody that won't surprise me if he ends up having a big role this year. He jumps Bryson Hopkins on the depth. He just has like a monster. But like, it's just the problem is that position. You got to learn the offensive tackle. You got uh, offensive line. You got to learn wide receiver. I mean, it's really, it's the hardest rookie position, I think, to play. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm not, I'm tempering my expectations, but I'm very high on his overall upside. I think he's a better blocker than given credit for. He has a 91% catch uh, percentage when uh, in contested catch situations and this is somebody that i think they were able to get because he ran a 484 and people care too much about these 40 yard times but we know that the rams in the past and i'm sure they're still doing it they focus on the gpn the gps tracking uh you know metric so they they get their speed a different way they don't focus necessarily just on what they run at the pro day or the combine, they look at other elements and Davis Allen fit their needs. So um, I love this pick as well. And then the next pick is somebody that I didn't really, it's funny. I kind of forgot about a little bit. I didn't get to finish his eval, but he's a guy that just continued to show up on film when I was watching Jaron Hall, you know, our our guy, Jaron Hall, we were talking about um, pretty much all off season Uh, Puka Nakua. And, yeah. you know, if, if you, if you watch Jaron Hall, you know, throwing it, you know, back shoulder fading into the sideline or back shoulder fading the end zone or whatever, Puka Nakua is coming down with most of those. Okay. Like, I mean, <laughs> his, you're watching tape and you're like, are these highlights? Like he just continues to force feed Puka Nakua. And it's like, you know, really intelligent guy, captain at wide receiver, good route runner. 
um, you know, a guy that can be used in those gadget roles. There are people that are comparing him to Bobby Woods, and I kind of see it, although I think it's more fair to just say he's a Rams type of receiver. Let's not put too much on his plate. Let's not try to push Bobby Woods on him because those are some big, I mean, he was, he was the fan favorite. Okay. So I'm not about to try to push Bobby Woods, you know, potential on this guy, Yeah. but I see why they drafted him. And I think he could have a Josh Reynolds impact as a, you know, kind of a juicy, uh, wide receiver four, wide receiver five, that kind of, you know, fits into a, a decent role if anybody goes down. Jake, I like it. And you mentioned him uh, having a Robert Woods comp. Jake, I, I kind of said Cooper Cup. I, you know, and it's funny that you said have him being a Rams type of receiver, right? Just the way he runs his routes, you know, I'm like, hey, I've I seen that before, right? And so he gave me a little bit of Cooper Cup. Um, you know, he was a Utah Gatorade player of the year right? Um, Utah is not known for football like that, right? Probably more snowboarding and other winter sports, but to be the Gatorade player of the year, that cannot be ignored. So let's, let's give him that one. A lot of times when you mentioned you cut on his tape, he's exciting. He's getting force fed. He, you know, he is the captain of that team. So put the ball in his hands. He's going to make some plays. I think the same thing when you think about the Rams, Hey, give the ball to Cooper Cup and see what he does, right? And so Puka might have been that that type of player for his team there. Um, but I, I love the pick, as you mentioned. He's a captain, Jake. And so when you got a guy like that um, on your team, he's going, only going to make it better. Um, he could be your your jet sweep guy if you need it, right? He's really great in open space. When he has that football in his hands, he can make some plays. He wasn't the Gatorade player of the of the year in Utah for for no, for no reason, right? Like my man, once he gets the football, he can be super dangerous. So uh, Puka Nakua, he's gonna have to play special teams, Jake. You, you, we talk about this, you know. I know I bring it up a lot, but guys don't realize just because you get drafted in the fourth, fifth round, that does not exempt you <laughs> from special teams because when you got depth on your team. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta bring value somehow, right? You know, people are gonna look at that roster and be like, "Hum, he's gonna sit out because we got this defense alignment, we got this receiver, X, we got, we're so, we're so deep here. What are they, what are they doing?" So a guy like Puka Nakua, he's gonna make his money on special teams first, right? We, we talk about, um, you know, some of these players. That's where they're gonna make their money. I can see Puka Nakua running down as a gunner, um, you know, re- returning punts, returning kickoff returns, and showing that he is the Gatorade Player of the Year in high school. Showing that he is a captain of his BYU team, and showing that he belongs on the Rams team as well. I love the pick, Jake. Yeah, I really like the pick. I mean, you know, I uh, At Perry is available at this point, my my third receiver. But I I definitely it was like we can't get too much into, you know, the grading of who's there and who's not there because this is based on who's your flavor, right? Yeah. There's all sorts of guys at this point. You can go out and get your guy. And so I think Puka Nakua fit what they were looking for more than AT Perry and some of the other guys that were like complained about uh, not picking. So I actually like the pick a lot. And he's somebody that I just wish I finished my eval on because I really liked him. I just, you know, you know me, I was, I was running out of time. I, I had spent a lot of time on these prospects and uh, just, you know, couldn't finish the eval, but I did after the fact finish it. And uh, he would have graded around like a fifth round grade for me. Um, maybe even a high fourth, like a, a late fourth, uh, you know, early fifth. So this is about where like he would have gone. I just think, you know, first thing you look at the the body control, uh, the sideline awareness, you know, what he's able to do, but also it's not just the body control. It's not just the sideline awareness. It's the hand-eye coordination. 
And when you see, you know, he has this great concentration where, you know, he's he has this catch where he like tips it up to himself and then like contorts his body so he keeps his two feet in bounds, even though he doesn't need two feet. I always give bonus points for guys that do that because they're preparing for the next level when they do that. Yeah. Um, so you know, he keeps two feet in bounds and then catches it. And he, you know, he hauls it in with two hands. You know, I think that's something that's important. Um, you know, Isaac Bruce, uh, one time, you know, I, I talked to him on a show and he always, he said one thing, he's like, you know what is, is something that kind of annoys me. He's like one handed catches. He's like one handed catches tells me you weren't in the position to make the actual catch. And I thought that was really interesting. And I mean, Reverend Ike is one of the greatest receivers of all time. And obviously a Rams legend, I'll, I'll revert to him on, on receiving. All right. <laughs> you know, I, I understand the one handed catch is cool, but I agree with him to an extent. Like, Hey, look, like you weren't in position. You had to make a last ditch effort and you hauled it in. And maybe that was luck, my friend, you know, maybe you just happen to. So, uh, you know, this is a guy that isn't in, put in those positions. Puka Nakua, you know, he's going to get two feet, uh, two, two feet down. He's going to get two hands on the ball. And that's what you want in a possession receiver. It's why, you know, at that six one, six two size, I see him like Josh Reynolds because I don't think Josh Reynolds going into the NFL, people thought he was going to be what he ended up being. I think they thought he was more of a, a deep ball, go up and get it type of guy. And I would say Josh Reynolds just didn't play that well above the rim. I think people looked at the six three frame, but they didn't look at the fact like he wasn't built like a DK Metcalf, like he was a skinnier, you know, slender build. So what he did is became a possession receiver, got better at his route running, got better as a blocker. And I think those are the things that you'll see in Puka Nakua. So I keep saying it, but I swear I see Josh Reynolds, you know, wide receiver for Josh Reynolds uh, on the Rams out of this guy. And I like the pick moving on. I love this pick. This is one of the studs of the draft. He shouldn't have gone this low. I have serious questions about NFL evaluations uh, based on the fact this guy fell. You win the Jim Thorpe award. I don't care if you're five, eight, the Rams trade up for LaMarcus Joyner for Christ's sakes. Okay. Right. What are we doing here? What are we doing? How did, how did, how did Ladanian Tomlinson's nephew who played in a national title game, who was literally named the best cornerback in college football, a guy that is just absolutely suffocating as a, uh, as a corner played on the outside, played on the inside. How is he falling to the sixth round? I'm not going to complain because the Rams, they did right by him. They went yeah. out, they got him. He said, this is going to be one of the best picks you've ever made. I agree with him. I think this is slot God 2.0. I think at the end of the day, if he hits his ceiling, um, keep him in the slot. He's going to just, he needs to get better with his penalties. I do think he, he gets a little grabby. He gets a little That's bit. Why. And that might've been why he fell, That's but, why. but you can mold that. You know, he's got that fire. He plays literally like not his hair's on fire, Cam, like his whole body is engulfed in flames. That's how this guy's playing. So I love the the attitude. I love the bloodline. I love the the work ethic. And uh, I'm a short guy myself. So short Kings unite. I'm a big fan of, uh, you know, THT. Uh, and I'll say this right now. He's going to start day one nickel corner. So you get a, a day one start in the sixth round. And he's going to be one of the best nickel corners in football by the end of next year. Okay, I like it, Jake. That's a strong, strong piece there with uh, brother brother Hodges Tomlinson. Um, you know, you mentioned why did he fall? The penalties, Jake. That's fourteen of them. Ooh, and I know, like, kind of reminds me of Nikhil Roby a little bit. You mentioned slot guy Nikhil Roby, that aggressive. You know, always chomping at the bit there. That fourteen penalties, Jake. Like, like I said, it can it can win you games, win you championships, 
or lose you championships. We talked about some of the players, some of the offensive linemen that have won championships in the earlier in this draft for the Rams. And these guys don't have many, you know, many flags or anything like that, any penalties or any sacks or any pressures. Right. So it's like one thing or the other um, with this, you, you talked about it just as a receiver, right. Being out of position. A lot of times when you have penalties, you're probably out of position, right? You're either grabbing or you're doing something that you're not supposed to be doing. So, like you mentioned, he can step to the next level. You got a guy like Aubrey Pleasant. You got Raheem Morris that can fine-tune his game plan. You know, you got a guy like Troy Hill who also plays a nickel, but can say, hey, man, step over here a little bit. Maybe you won't get the penalty next time, you know, and just kind of fine-tune, you know, Tomlinson's gameplay. But you mentioned it, very quick twitch there, Jake, can locate the football, and I think he's going to be a great fit for the Rams. This is a Rams type of guy, right? You talked about the flavor. You know, you, you know, there's other available players in the draft. He is the Rams flavor. Um, you know, Puka Nakua, he is a Rams flavor. So I love the pick as well, and you mentioned that he's going to be one of the better nickels, um, you know, two years in. Hey, we'll see what Kobe Durant has to say about that, right? But I, I do love this pick as well, and yeah, it's going to be a great training camp. Yeah, I'm. I'm thinking they got to play Jacoby on the outside. Here's what I'm hoping for, Cam. We got a we got a number change. I just want to let people two two out will change to five. That doesn't change anything. He he took Ramsey's number and Ramsey said, you know, he praised two two. Right. The yeah. big one here for me, Robert Rochelle changed his number to eight. Okay. People look at number changes like a clean slate. Robert Rochelle is going to earn that job. That that's my prediction. Everyone's like Darian Kendrick. They're all okay. He's going to win. Robert Rochelle's got the prototypical size. Now, I don't like prototypical size being used at, at corner or at quarterback, but there's something about having a six three guy on the on the outside, the boundary corner, that can play, yeah. that had experience. Like, was this a user error? Uh, you know, last year because I see a guy in, in Robert Rochelle who was a great special teamer, but why wasn't he getting on the field when you were asking him to start on that Super Bowl team? So explain that to me. How did Darion Kendrick jump him? And I was not over. I mean, we talked about, I was not overall very impressed. Darion Kendrick six round pick to be fair. Right. But I have to question why he was starting over Rochelle. Yeah. I think Rochelle is going to make a name for himself this year. He might've been overshadowed a little bit because they drafted two corners. Rochelle's coming for it. And he, yeah. he changed his number to remind you, Hey, I'm still here. Yeah. Right? That, number, that number eight. Hey, you're in LA the Lakers. Number eight, Eli, yeah. he, he must think he's Kobe. But like I said, Aubrey Pleasant back there. We talked about some of these players that should have played, but they didn't. Aubrey, Ple- Aubrey Pleasant is going to fix all that, Jake. I know Raheem Morris, he just came to the Rams a couple years ago. He's trying to figure it out. Raheem Morris has been in the program. He knows what's up. He went to the Lions and came back. So we call that a boomerang, Jake. You go somewhere and come yeah. back. He's going to be able to fit these guys up properly. And I'm sure he was watching the Rams film like, dang. Give me one more chance with these guys and watch what I do with them. So I think Aubrey Pleasant's going to get these guys in the right spot and where they need to be. And you just reminded me something, Cam. Um, Aubrey Pleasant is back, okay? Last year, no Aubrey Pleasant, uh, no Ajiro Evero. Is that why they didn't go with a cornerback until the sixth round? Is that the thing that we're overlooking here? Are they like, you know what? We're smarter than the public. They're going to mock us Corey Trice in the fourth round. They're going to say that we should go out and get this corner, this corner, this corner. But at the end of the day, no, we have the position coaches that we believe are going to get the most out of a Darion Kendrick, the most out of 
<clears throat> you know, Robert Rochelle to Kobe Durant. We're going to bring in THT. Hell, don't don't even sleep on, uh, you know, the guy that they, you know, the other guy they got. I, I forget his name. Uh, it totally escaped me. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, I, I think that that might be the thing that I was overlooking at. And then you just kind of, the glass just shattered. I was like, yeah. wait a minute. Yeah. I just realized that. So, yeah, I'm excited for that because I he's, you're absolutely right, Cam. When you look at THT, do you have the raw skills to play in the NFL? Yes. Okay, let's move on to the next bulletin. Did you play against real competition? Yes. Okay, let's move on to the next bulletin. Are you a little aggressive, a little over aggressive? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's control that aggression a little bit. All right. Let's get controlled aggression in you. Be, be aggressive when need be, but don't be overly aggressive. And now you can use that. You talk about me using sleep as my superpower because I don't get m- much sleep. Right. Well, use your aggression as your superpower. Don't, yeah. don't go too overboard, but use it when you need to. Mm-hmm. And if you can play with that aggression and here's the thing. Those penalties are not going to come back and hurt him in the NFL. Yeah. Because right. refs the refs aren't keeping track of that. They're not like, oh, this this man was penalized 15 times. No, they got way too much stuff on their mind. They're not counting that. So this is your opportunity to create a reputation to we talk about clean slate with Robert Rochelle. It's clean slate with THT. Yeah. Create a reputation right now that you are a penalty free guy. You're aggressive but you got that fire and you're not overly aggressive and now you won't get those calls. There you go. And that, and that's all about being in a great position, Jake, right? Aubrey Pleasant, I think, and we talked about this, right? How are the Rams building their roof? You know, how are they building their, their beams and their foundation? They're building it with these coaches that can provide some cover for the players, right? A yeah. lot of times when you're talking about providing cover, just giving them the tools and techniques to just be better players and to win football games, and I think the Rams have it. Shout out to the Rams for getting the right coaches in that locker room. That was probably the biggest move they made in the offseason. When it came to trades, it, it didn't go so great, right? But the coaches piece, I think they nailed it, and it, it shows here in the draft where they're getting guys late in the draft, but they're, I'm sure Aubrey Puzzle was like, hey, coach, trust me on this. Get who you want on the offensive side. Get who you want on the edge, but – just wait a little bit for the DBs. I, I got I got you covered, and that's that's what I'm seeing here. That, that I, I'm really glad we both kind of figured that out while we were going. I mean, <laughs> that was the one question mark I had, you know, about like where, where's the direction there, right? Yeah, there's the direction, and I was I was told that expect if anything happens, it's more likely for John Johnson to come back than Troy Hill. So I thought that was an interesting little tidbit. Because that's showing a lot. So not having a veteran presence in there, that's really, I mean, that's signing off on guys like Dakobe Durant. Like, yeah. hey, this guy can lead, you know? Yep. So you, you saw I Kevin mean, Demoff's letter. Dakobe Durant was in there. So, hey. Well, yeah. I mean, he's, he's we talked, we, we called it last year, Cam. This guy has the makings of a superstar. He really does. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll wrap this up here. We got uh, five more picks because the Rams just picked nonstop. They turned <laughs> seven into 14 they had the most with 11 and we normally see those less need you know we call them less need specials where the picks swap yeah well he he, he didn't do that as much he, right. he went out and got three more picks they didn't have oh sean mathis nebraska didn't really like the tape but i like the tape at tcu the guy mm-hmm. transfers nebraska was just awful like it was awful it was a bad environment right like you know they're they're trying to recruit 
KU over there. Yeah. They're trying to recruit, uh, recruit Lance Leipold the whole season. They're trying not to hire him from Kansas during the season. Mm. That was how, how much turmoil they were in. So Oshawn transfers there and he doesn't really even get a, a chance. So I think this is an interesting pick vines for arms. They said on NFL.com Lance Erline six, five two fifty. Lance Erline called it a lottery ticket that the Rams are hoping to cash in two to three years. That's perfect. Because you have Daniel Hardy, you have Michael Hoyt, you have Kier Thomas, you add Byron Young, you add Nick Hampton. Now Oshaw Mathis can just either sit on a practice squad or he can sit on the roster and be a healthy scratch and just learn. You know, he's just going to learn. He's going to be in the film room. He's going to be with these guys and work in, you know, practices and stuff. I These are the type of picks you make. A traitsy pick, you know, the guy that fits your mold, 189 overall. There you go. I love it, Jake. You mentioned six five. That's that's a big boy on the edge, Jake. That's a big boy. And you know, hey, do you put more weight on them and move them inside? We just talked about some of these other picks, right? That the Rams have. Do you put more weight on them? Add some beef into the middle. You know, figure what what does that look like? Because you got a lot of edge guys. You got a lot of guys that can work this edge. So who can we move into the middle? Um, you know, the Rams picked up Nick Nick Hampton. Um, he's two thirty six six two. You know, keep on the edge. Apply that. Apply that speed on, on to those tackles. But with Mathis, six five, you know, a little bit bigger. Hey, let's add add a little bit more weight. Move him inside a little bit. See what he can get done, Jake. So I like that there. And he will be he, he will be playing special teams, by the way. So all you big boys, <laughs> you play defensive end. He ran a four eight. So I'm sure the special teams coach is licking their chops. Like, ooh, we need to get him down on kickoff. We need to get him down on punt. So. I like the pick as well. Like I said, Jake, the Rams are fulfilling their needs, and I love to see it in that pick there. And now, speaking of uh, licking their chops, the Rams were licking their chops because when Zach Evans, who, by the way, was another TCU transfer, you can see there's a little pipeline going on here. They're watching a lot of TCU with Georgia tape. Yeah. Uh, Zach Evans, TCU transfer, because your guy, Kendra Miller, kind of you know dominated. Um, he goes to Ole Miss. Unfortunately for him, he transferred into a situation where, you know, I always forget the guy's first name, but Judkins is going to end up being like a first round talent, maybe a second round talent, whatever. Evans was a second to third round prospect. In my opinion, I had a second round grade on him. He's my 11th running back, but it's a really deep class. So probably any other year, he's probably top six, right? Zach Evans maturity concerns, you know, that that's the big thing that keeps coming up. I don't care. I've said it over and over again. What? 20 you know younger than 25 year old doesn't have maturity issues i mean at the end of the day zach evans has the explosiveness he has the home run hitting ability like he and this is why like 40 time doesn't always indicate what like a true you know picture he ran a four five acres trying to think of four four seven he's faster than acres I think he can house one acres going to get tackled from behind. I think Evans has the home run hitting ability. We talk about adding that home run hitter in this, in this, you know, offense, uh, you know, trying to diversify the receiver, uh, the running back room. And I think Evans does that for you, you know, yeah. uh, quick, decisive cuts. And um, he's a little inconsistent as, as a, uh, you know, a, a guy that can, you know, kind of read the, the blocks and whatnot. But when he does, man, when he's on a tear, he's on a tear. Yeah, and yeah, yeah you, you just watch his tape, Jake. He he's a home, you said a home run hitter. You'll see a lot of times in that tape where he's running for 50, 60 yards because he's finding that edge, right? He's finding get great block and he starts his run up the middle and then he breaks to the outside 
and hits that loop, kind of like that Pee Wee high school football when you, you the helmet's too big and you see the see the kid running with all, down the side with his head up a little bit. But you'll see his tape looking like that where he'll like I said he'll find the crease and then hit that outside and he's gone. So with him, he works really well when his receivers block well, right? Like I said, he likes to find that sideline. And that could be also his critique as well because he he doesn't really trust his blockers. And he's like, oh, I need to make sure I get that, get to the edge. But, you know, we want to make we want to make sure that he's able to trust his blockers, um, you know, find the seams and break those big runs here. And so I think um, we were talking about our guys. His big critique was he doesn't find the edge enough. So I love that about him. Home run ability, 5'11", 202. Um, and he went to North Shore High School in Texas. So that's, you know, football is king out there. Um, back-to-back state championships there, over 5,000-yard rusher. So he knows how to run the football, Jake. And then playing in the SEC as well, he's seen some great defenders. So that's going to transfer well to the NFL. So great pick by the Rams there. And like I said, they're just applying pressure to the places that they – where the places that they need. And it's looking great. I mean, at, at this point, Jake, I might have to bump him up to A-plus as well. Because it's looking good for their for their draft so far for the Rams. Let's go. Let, let's <laughs> let's go. I, I I said it on the on the live stream. I was like, let's go, Sneed. Let's go, Sneed. Like because I I was like, dude. I, I mean, you know, I, I was very uh, uh like critical of what they were doing, but they this draft class proves that they had a legit like you know vision. Okay, Something they have in a the plan. back in the back pocket. I I, Do, I had a feeling. <laughs> yeah, they're they're not just like. Caleb Williams. Like, no, that's not like their entire plan. You know what I mean? Like I, I understand people on Twitter, you know, who spent a lot of time putting effort into making and Caleb Williams Rams uh, Jersey swap. Well, I don't, I'm sorry, but he, that's not happening. Like, I'm sorry you wasted your time, but he will not be a Ram. It's not no. happening. They're not tanking. Okay. Yeah. Like it, they're it, comparing him to Patrick Mahomes right now, Jake. Like, do you think anyone's going to let him pass on that draft? Like, thank you. No, like, <laughs> And and I, I hear, oh, well, I hope Arizona gets him because then did you hear what you just said? Arizona gets him. And that means that their their season was a colossal failure. So that means they're going to have, first off, internal discussion about moving on from Kyler Murray. However, that looks because it's a new regime, completely new GM, completely new head coach. That's the first thing. The second thing when I hear that, that absolutely drives me mad is that you're saying that this generational Patrick Mahomes level quarterback is going to be traded from the Arizona Cardinals and given to the Los Angeles Rams, the rival. Are you out? Out of your gourd? <laughs> when I hear that, I'm like, Cam, I'm like, come on. Yeah. Use your head. Yeah. That's not logical. That's like, all right. That's like the, the Patriots going, you know what, Tom? We're going to trade you to the Jets. We don't want you to go to the Bucks. We're going to trade you to the Jets. You're not trading Tom Brady to the Jets? No. Are you serious? No, you're not doing that. So I'm I'm sorry, okay? Like, that's not happening. I don't care how that sounds, how that looks, whatever. It's not happening. It's not realistic. Uh, and after this draft, the first thing that comes out of your mouth is Caleb Williams. You you need to be focused more on, on the, the, the prize at hand, my guy. They're yeah. not winning the Super Bowl this year unless something crazy happens. We know that, right? That's fine. But they, they can make the playoffs, and I think they're going to. They're yep. better than giving credit for. And I think, you know, and, and here's the thing. I, I know you played with him. I don't mean to be a jerk about it, but when you say that this team 
is going to be bad enough to pick Caleb Williams. You're saying that Sean McVay is going to have back-to-back horrible seasons. You're saying that Sean McVay is going to have a worse season than all of Jeff Fisher's seasons as Rams head coach. No, that's not happening. He's not having a worse season than Jeff Fisher's 2016 season, right? No. Yeah. you're like it's no. not happening no it's <laughs> not it's, happening it's, that's that's silly people jake we can move on from that because if yeah people are saying that that means they're not watching rams football they didn't suffer last year like we did so <laughs> they didn't suffer you need yeah, to suffer yeah. son <laughs> yeah yeah they need to suffer a little bit more because clearly they didn't suffer enough last year but oh, a guy a guy who can definitely support us with that um rams got a punter next jake i mean he's related to heath evans he's he's got NFL blood. What is with the NFL bloodlines? Even the putter has an NFL bloodline. Like one thing I like about this is this is ownership. This is um, a special teams coordinator taking his job really seriously. This is Chase Blackburn going out and finding this guy at Wingate, going to the pro day at Wingate. Like that's impressive to me. Okay, yeah. you could say, well, you know, Chase Blackburn, he he was uh, you know the guy over in Carolina, so he didn't have to go that far. I would say that's just him being an opportunistic dude. I'd say go. that was him being smart, using his head, not trying to to reinvent the wheel. Be like, hey, this guy was punting in my backyard when I was in Carolina, so why not give it a shot, right? Yeah. I mean, my guy, you know, Ethan Evans, 6'3", 235, Jake. I mean, I, I have in my notes, he kicks bombs. Like I said, hey, he does. Get, a, get a military helmet on because, like, you're going to be in the stadium. Like, oh, my, is something falling? Because – he just pins people back on the other side of the field in that 20 yard line space. Um, and the fact that they, they drafted him after Johnny Hecker, right. And, and Riley Dixon, that means he can kick that football. So I'm super excited to see what he can do come preseason, but Ethan Evans out of Wingate, let's go. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited for this because I think they did. It's very similar to what they did with uh, Zerline and Hecker. So they drafted Zerline out of uh, Missouri Southern or Missouri Western. And I probably got both of those wrong. But anyway, they draft him in the seventh round and they get Ethan Evans, the punter in the seventh round. They get the UDFA kicker. I know there's a kicker competition, but I'm telling you, I'm going to go with the Lou Groza award winner, the most accurate kicker in college football all any day in that type of competition. And Christopher Dunn doesn't have the leg, right? So this is where this comes in, right? So the Rams didn't draft Johnny Hecker. They got him in, in UDFA. And a lot of people think they drafted him. So I'm just putting it out there. This is the opposite of that. Interestingly enough, and you get these guys now, you have about three, four years with these guys. So you don't have to worry about paying them. You know, you're in a good spot. So you got to get talent like that cheap. And when you look at Ethan Evans, this guy has a 70-yard leg, and you can look at it as a punter, but I'm looking at it as more than that because what's a big issue? Why did Christopher Dunn not get drafted if he won the Lou Groza? I can tell you because nobody wants to draft a kicker in the NFL draft that can't kick touchbacks on the kickoffs. That's a big thing. He can't do that. So what did the Rams do? They went out and got the punter because they knew they were going to go after that kicker. They went out and got the punter in Ethan Evans who can hit touchbacks. On kickoffs. Go. There you go. So it's like a complimentary piece there, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. Talk about playing complimentary football. Well, now you're complimentary, uh, you know, draft, Kick, drafting, game. acquiring. Like, I, I love it. Yeah. No, it's uh, the when it comes to positioning on the field, both of these guys can get that done. Ethan Evans, the fact that he can kick off as well. 
sign them up, man. Sign them up. So, Jake, that that's awesome there. Um, I know we got the safety position coming up next as the Rams are just stacking it up here um, out of Oklahoma State. Um, we got Jason Taylor coming out of, out of, out of safety. What, what are your thoughts there? Well, he so so this guy has my respect. Um, he lost his father age eight uh, the day after his eighth birthday. Uh, he was shot and killed on on New Year's. Mm. Um, so just having to basically go through the motions of of living your life, growing up, and and becoming an NFL player without you know having your father and losing your father that young. I know that that has to be painful. Um, you know, so right off the bat, adversity, right? I mean, what, what this guy shows, but yeah, this is a, a aggressive missile of a dude. I mean, really like he, he is somebody that is going to work on, you know, you talk about the car crashes on special like this, this guy's made for special teams, but this is a team that has gone out and got Rodney McLeod. They've gone out and got Nick Scott late round or UDFA guys that had to earn their keep on special teams and then became starting safeties. He's in that same mold, Cam. I'm not saying Jason Taylor II is a guaranteed starter, but that's his upside. I, yeah. I think he can be the starter maybe after Jordan Fuller. They don't pay safeties. So his time could be sooner than than later. Yep, I like it, Jake. I mean, my man ran a 4.5, so not, not crazy fast, but 43-inch vert, so he's super explosive, and he can step that's up. That's an play. alien right there, 43-inch vert. That's crazy. So That's like worrying about when you come down, are you going to, like, break your leg, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're t- you're hitting the top of the backboard at that point, my man. So, yeah. you know, that's that's a dangerous height there, the way he – how high he can jump, and he can step and play linebacker. So – that, that's big time. I know he ranked fourth in FBS with 80 total tackles, so he can step in, put some more weight on him, play linebacker as well. But I love that pick in Jason Taylor coming out of Oklahoma State. And and finally, Jake, with Mr. Irrelevant, there's Juan Johnson coming out of Toledo, D-tackle. What are your Another thoughts one on of my one? guys. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, I, well, I mean, when they made the trade with Houston to acquire Mr. Irrelevant, I was – I was over the moon. Okay. Mm-hmm. The Rams have had two Mr. Irrelevance um, in their, in their history. And one of them was recent. I mean, not really. It was 2008 with David Vibora. Uh Vibora's a linebacker, you know, worked his way at special teams. He might've gotten a little bit on the defense, but he wasn't, he was, a, he was a good player, like for being, you know, Mr. Irrelevant. Uh, Brock Purdy's kind of changed the game right now because, you know, last year, like, you know, you've brought up many times. I mean, this guy, made an impact. He's probably one of the most relevant Mr. Relevance ever. The whole point of Mr. Relevant is that it doesn't matter where you get picked in the draft. It's irrelevant. And that, that that's the, you know, I like this. So Deswan Johnson, I mean, what did we talk about? Getting him in a room with Aaron Donald would be something else because yeah. he's got that same type of build. You know, he contorts his body, has the, you know, lightning quick first step. He played at Toledo. I just love that they made this pick and I think he's going to make the team. I think all 14 guys have a chance to make the team. I think 13 guys are definitely making the team. O'Shawn Mathis. I'm not entirely sure he's going to make the team because I could see them keeping him on the practice squad, but Deswan Johnson is going to be in that room, man, dog work and everything. He will, he is going to be in that room. Uh, Henderson is going to develop him. He is going to be a problem. I'm telling you right now. Yeah. Deswan Johnson. I love it. You talk about Mr. Relevant. Is he going to be the next Aaron Donald at this point, right? After seeing Brock Purdy step in and ball out, is he going to be your next Aaron Donald? I know we compared every defensive lineman to Aaron, but he is that great. So to see a guy like Deswan Johnson step into the space, he gets to the ball with bad intentions. Jake, I know when you see his tape, he's always swinging people around, right? You see Aaron oh, yeah. Donald tackle people. He's swinging people around, trying to 
cracks something when he throws him to the ground. Deswan gets to people with those bad intentions as well. So I really love to see that. Um, heavy hands, can split double teams really well. So the Rams, like I said, addressing all of their issues at the line of scrimmage. The fact that they traded up to get this, that shows that they're paying attention. That shows that they're not willing to lose this year. They're watching year. us. They're watching us. Rams in the playoffs this year. They got an A-plus for me, Jake. I bumped it up. A-plus for the Rams. Great job in the draft this year. Hey, you know, it that that wraps it up because we've we've covered this thing in painstaking detail. And uh, you know, we we talked about this. This is one of those guys like they need to draft these guys. Allen, McClendon, I, I you know, we talked about, you know, Byron is the guy yeah. that, you know, definitely I think he was the guy that I mentioned, you mentioned on the edge uh, episode, Deswan. I mean, this draft was exactly what the doctor ordered. I mean, they needed this so badly. This sets a, uh, you know, a level, a foundation, if you will. You know, you you brought up the house analogy like, you know, a while ago. Uh, this is the foundation of the house yeah. that they're building. And, you know, I think at the end of the day, you know, they needed this. Um, this this is the this is bringing home the next era of Rams football. And I think people are going to be really excited about this class now. But wait until these guys get on the field. You know, yeah. they, I think they can make an impact. Vamos Rams. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> so that's going to do it for us. Uh, believe in Rams. Uh, you know, we're, we're, you know, it's in the books, but uh, episode uh, 161, we're out of here. Be sure to like, subscribe, comment, rate, review. Be sure to follow my guy at Cameron Lynch 50. Be sure to follow me at JK Bogan. We are out of here until next time. You guys take care later, folks. Thank you for listening to believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.